Here we go. Here we go. This has been so good already. I could have just stayed in worship the whole time. I know it's Sean's first couple years leading, but he's doing awesome. <laughs> just kidding. It's like so awesome to be with you, Sean. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad we're here with you, even though only for a few minutes. Sean's family and our family, like actually just the mainly the couples at this point, have been vacationing together for years and years and spending time together. And I, when he started going on the road doing what he's doing, Sheree and I were like, yes, he's being that kind of boy. People have even said, you have like a Keith Green thing on your life, but it's well beyond that. I love Keith Green and I honor his memory, but it's well beyond that. Something that's being established right now through your ministry. We don't have another of you in our generation, and we're so glad that you were here just because we need those guys. I think people are going to write books and songs about you generations from now and say, we need some, be like Sean Foyt. Well, if you've never heard of my ministry before, it's just my name, Sean Bowles. Yay. So uh, it's super easy to find online. Come follow us on YouTube. I do social and journalistic commentary with a prophetic twist. And right now we just hit a million downloads of our podcast, which is really cool uh, for the Sean Bowles Show. And we have 10 million downloads of our Exploring the Marketplace podcast. So if you love the marketplace, if you're in a career, you can follow us. And we just have conversations with people from everywhere, from a farmer to a venture capitalist every week. So you can follow along all kinds of media and content. And my hope is that we help you discern what God's doing in this generation right now and have hope because there's so much hope. So this is Revival Sunday, and I want to kind of take you two different directions. And the first direction I'm going to take you is just kind of paint a picture of how good it is right now. Do you believe that? Yes. We're underrating God's goodness in what's happening right now. The second thing is I want to talk about you personally and how God's pivoting and transitioning you so that you can experience the fullness of his goodness and there's never been such a global transition on the body of Christ before. And so we're going to talk about that. And it may help you because maybe you're going through a change in your career or in you know, maybe the place you live or maybe it's in your family or something else. And so I'll be helping you hopefully with that if you're going through change. And if you're not going through change, you may go through some changes. And some people are going through the most amount of changes they've ever been through. They're, they're dangling roots going, where's my roots going to go in? We don't know. Well, I, I don't know either. Maybe I'll get a word. But but you definitely will get a word from God in the next season about your transition because God's with you. So I want to just talk about and paint a picture of, you know, just a few months ago, um, we had something happen that's never happened in our nation before. An NFL player fell down on the field and died. And the first response was the teams all around him began to pray for him, and the coaches began to pray for him, and they cried out to God for, on his behalf for him to live because he completely died. He was dead. Damar Hamlin died on the field, and he was resuscitated right there. And then the next day on ESPN, they, for the first time, didn't do hashtag our thoughts are with them. But one of the newscasters actually said, I want to pray for Damar Hamlin right now, and you need to be praying for him too. And began to pray in Jesus' name on ESPN. And there began to be a move where there was this kind of the spirit of, you know, progressive liberalism where it's like, you don't say prayer on TV. We gotta be really careful. And there was, no, there was no being careful in this moment. And at this moment, the nation began to rally around DeMar Hamlin and his family and began to pray for him in Jesus' name. Celebrities were putting in Jesus' name, we pray for your healing. Everyone from people like Kevin Hart all the way down to LeBron James were praying for him to God, not to a random God, but to Jesus. They were praying for him. And it became a moment in time when we watched this man who died on the field, who the doctors were saying he probably wouldn't play again. And if he did, it would be years from now. He's already playing again. He's already in practice. So we all of a sudden had a testimony or an example of what it looks like 
for the nation to rally for someone's life and their cause to be healed. And it was just a football player. It wasn't someone of great consequence in the sense of someone who affects our everyday politics or our lives, a school board member or someone like that. It was just somebody that people cared about. And they knew it was unjust that his life was taken from him early. And they began to pray. And it was so broadcast that it was one of the most broadcast prayer meetings in history. I don't know if you know that. It's crazy. People took notice. So this is one of the things that God was doing. And I think I have a scripture today, which is Isaiah 43, verse 19. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now, this is a huge scripture for you right now because none of us have a been there, done that t-shirt for what God's about to do. You have not seen what he's gonna do. You may have been around in the 70s when it was all cool and awesome. I was a child. It was pretty awesome. I was in the vineyard movement right when all the miracles were breaking out, Jesus people movement, that whole thing. And it was a lot of fun. But what we've seen then and what other people have seen all the way back in the 50s is nothing compared to what God's doing right now. As a matter of fact, so many words were given back then that you were made for things that don't even exist yet. You were made for platforms that don't exist yet. And now we're seeing those platforms emerge through social media, through augmented reality, through AI, all these things that never existed in any other generation are culminating right now for the glory of God before the enemy uses them. If you're in the Bible prophecy clubs and they tell you why you shouldn't engage technology right now, sit back and relax because God has control over these things before the enemy does. And before man does, there's gonna be harvest through these devices and technologies before the enemy ever gets a hold of them or maybe he's maybe at the same time that he has a hold of them. God's gonna use so many of the platforms like we're afraid of TikTok or social media because of some of the political agenda behind them. But the reality is that God's bringing harvest through TikTok that would have never happened without TikTok. I was a part of a thing that went to 100 million people where we just simply spoke the Apostles' Creed. And there was over 2,000 2, influencers involved. And we spoke the Apostles' Creed and 100 million people have watched the video. Just that, and just that, that was, that was kind of like a, let's get our feet in the water and test it together and see what happens. But now there's several groups that are reporting tens of thousands of salvations per platform in the top 20 Christian influencers. And so there's things that are happening right now through these very platforms. But let me, let me just take us to Asbury real fast. Asbury Revival, if you didn't hear about it, they're calling it the outpouring now. This was just a group of young people who got really on fire. And some of the things that Phil said uh, pre-worship were right in the beginning of worship where they start to get sensitive to their sin and to their condition without the Holy Spirit and began to make a true surrender to Jesus. And it was a very simple outpouring and it lasted for a little while. And while that was happening, it actually spurred on other people in the generation, Generation Z, that's considered the most unreachable generation. It had been written off by many Christians as saying, we don't even know how to reach them. There's no way that we have tools. We need something fancy. It's not working. A lot of the mega churches that have real fancy things, it wasn't working. And this Generation Z was untouched. And now there's 60 campuses right this second that are having outpourings on them with thousands and thousands of salvations. And 30 of the campuses are not Christian colleges. So 30 of the campuses are not Christian colleges. Chance the Rapper was just with Kerry Job and others on April 28th, and they did an event. At, it was his first time he'd ever done an evangelistic event. It was very controversial with FTL. And they did an event, and they reported thousands of salvations. But what's even better than that is that they have ongoing meetings with a minimum number of 1,000 people on the Oklahoma University campus. Right now, that's happening every week. Things are happening that just haven't happened in a long time or maybe never at all. So we have Asbury Revival breaks out at the same time, Jesus Revolution movie, which was supposed to be released a year and a half earlier. Did anybody see Jesus Revolution? High five someone if they saw it. So Jesus Revolution movie comes out. Kelsey Grammer lends his talent to it, gets a spiritual awakening through it. 
and realizes I've never worked on anything like this in my life. I want to do more of this. So there's more faith-based films with him. Not to mention the company that did it is also doing a movie that's coming out next month with Hilary Swank and uh, I think Alan Richter, I think is his name. And they're doing a movie together uh, and it's a faith-based movie, which is really cool. Well, in the midst of this, we see the Jesus Revolution movie comes out and millions of people see it because the Asbury Awakening caused people to say, wait a minute, what's going on? And then they go see that movie. When they went and saw that movie, realize it's a movie about the last great time that there was an outpouring on the earth from Jesus, like a, a, not just movement-wise, like when one church hosted something, but when it just swept across nations, it was reported on uh, the, the cover of Time Magazine twice, especially Lonnie Frisbee, who was a leader of that. Thank God it's in California, which we're all here, because God's, I mean, California is also underrated by the church globally, and God's about to do something that is just absolutely irreversible here in California. So you have... The Jesus Revolution movie comes out, and it's prophesying another awakening, another outpouring, another revival. And even the, I talked to the producer. I've interviewed him. I've interviewed several of the people involved, the writers, the directors. So I've interviewed them for different, for CBN, for TBN, for my own channel. And they all said the same thing. We didn't understand how important this movie was for now, but we didn't know the awakening would be happening at the same time because it was at the same time. And they thought if they made $6 million in the box office, they would do good. They made $52 million so far worldwide with millions of people watching it. Now, the money doesn't matter. What matters is that people are seeing a testament of what an outpouring could look like. And people are getting awakened and hungry and going, there is other alternatives than what we're seeing, this alternative and this alternative for political parties or for racial issues or for people, family issues. We're seeing another alternative, which is God can move. And if God moves, it changes everything. As a matter of fact, not only did Jesus Revolution come out, but during the last 16 months, every month there's been a faith-based movie in the top three spots. Did you know that? Every month for the past 16 months. Now, half of them aren't movies that I would necessarily enjoy, but the other half are. There was Unplanned with Kirk Cameron just about 16, 18 months ago. It was in the top three spot for quite a while. We even had a uh, faith-based movie by Chris Pratt done by uh, Darren Mormon, the producer, and they did a movie on a woman wrestler who was struggling with mental illness who actually overcame her battle by her faith. And that came out in mainstream film uh, or theatrical release for one night only, but in that one night, it was number one which I think is really phenomenal. But there's been movies about Johnny Cash was a faith-based movie, if you got to see that. Elvis movie took a gospel twist because it had faith-based leaders behind it. There's so many movies that came out, and this has never happened. So the faith-based industry has won the box office over the last year. Now realize, you hear the sensationalized the woke industries, the, you know, the LGBTQ plus industries, all these groups are winning the box office and they're going after our children. They're, you hear all the negative, all the conspiracy. But in reality, what's happening is that people are hungry for a message that's begun to manifest in a powerful way. And there's all of a sudden a genre that's being created that's mainstream with faith-based directors and writers and actors and musicians that are creating this stuff. And I, I'm just, I'm here for it. I'm here for this. As a matter of fact, not only is uh, right now Hollywood making movies with faith-based people, which is not stopping. I can give you, I can give you a list of 100 movies right now that are about to come out and 20 of them that I'm looking forward to. 
I'm not saying they're all bad, but, but also cartoons, this is the season when because of what happened at Disney, because of what's happened at Nickelodeon, that all of a sudden Christian families are saying we need, and conservative families are saying we need something that like represents us, and a whole genre has emerged. There's over 25 new cartoons that are done by ex-Nickelodeon, ex-Disney, people who are major cartoon franchisees that are promoting everything from the Tuttle Twins to Wing Feather Saga, which was a New York Times bestselling children's book series, to Veggie Tales is Back through TBN. So you have all, with the original people who are creating it, so you have all these incredible cartoons for the family, not to mention the David movie, which is actually the highest crowdfunded movie in history, and it's like a Disney movie about the life of David. It looks phenomenal. I've seen about uh, one-third of it so far that's been produced. It looks phenomenal. So also, our children all of a sudden have an alternative to this narrative that's out there, and we don't have to be afraid. God is providing right now, even for our children. And your children's friends who aren't saved are going to see these things and they're going to start to have that place inside of them that God created for himself. It's going to be awakened. It's going to be awakened. So even for our children, we're seeing something happen. But even more than that, entertainers are moving in mass into ministry. Did you know this? Entertainers are moving into ministry. This is bizarre. This is like, it's never happened like this before. Black China, the top OnlyFans porn star. Rob Kardashian's baby mama has given up her $240 million in empire because she got radically saved back to her gospel roots and her name is Nicole, got baptized and now has her master's degree in ministry. All within the last 12 months. Are you kidding me? But we have other people like Denzel Washington who realized the prophetic word that he was given when he was young about going, being in front of millions of people with a gospel, he took it as it's just for film and television that God was gonna have him preach through his being an actor and the whole thing, which can happen. But he realized now that he's in his 70s that it's not that, that he actually has to take a platform in the church and he's come into a consecrated period and he's now gonna be headlighting some of the Promise Keeper events that are relaunching this year. You guys, we're in a weird, awesome, incredible season. We have Granger Smith, who's leaving his, one of the top five uh, country music careers. He's leaving it to be part of his local church. He feels like him and his family are supposed to come to a season of ministry and model ministry to their church. He just graduated from, um, or he's graduating from South Baptist Seminary. Aaron Lindsay, a six-time Grammy award-winning uh, musician, songwriter, producer, has left his industry career for the most part to plant a church in Calabasas just last year. I mean, we have, it just, it keeps Torrin Wells is leaving, Grammy-nominated entertainer is leaving for a church in Austin. He's gonna plant a church. And then we have Justin Bieber who just started doing worship sets and is controlling it because he wants to, he doesn't want to be affiliated with one of the groups that's going through controversy. So he's saying, I'm just gonna release worship music. He all, that's in, in the high, uh, uh, the, the back end of him starting to lead people in devotionals on his Instagram weekly and with Pastor Judah Smith. I'm just like, what's happening? There's so much goodness happening. On top of that, Christians make up 88% of Congress right now. 88% of Congress. We've never had this version of Congress with 88% Christians. And in the nation right now, it's only 65 to 67% Christian. But our Congress is higher than our national population of Christianity. So in politics right now, I'm not gonna go through too many, but we've had some of the biggest wins of a generation. Roe versus Wade was overturned just 12 months ago. This was a result of historic prayer and prophecy where there's more events in prayer and prophecy in Roe versus Wade than any other Supreme Court decision in history, and it happened in our generation. 
It was so unlikely, but it happened in our generation. As well as that, we had a huge win for prayer in schools with Coach Joseph Kennedy, who actually prayed in his, you know, in his campus for high school, and he got uh, uh, kicked out of his school and fired from his job and took it to the Supreme Court and won, which instituted or reinstituted prayer being allowed in schools, period. We also had a huge win where a graphic designer did not want to serve a certain audience and she got sued by the audience and she won the case that she doesn't have to provide graphics for anybody that doesn't involve her values. And that's a huge one. We th- you guys, you think the enemy's winning. You think progressive agendas are winning, but the reality is, is that we have so many wins right now. We have so many wins to stand on under our feet. God is moving. And a lot of the people in Supreme Court who are making these decisions are Christians who are believing we have to do something. We have to hold a line. And they're going to be in for a long time. They're going to be in for a long time. We have a lot of wins. Elon Musk bought Twitter for the sake of freedom of speech. God used Osiris, a billionaire man who doesn't know Jesus, who said something's off here, and buys and spends, wastes a portion of his billions for the sake of freedom of speech because conservatives and Christians aren't being heard. He personally has said over and over, religious intolerance against Christianity has never happened in America, but it's happening right now. They need their voice back, and so do conservative media. And he actually bought an entire social media platform, number four in the world, to do that. We have the Durham report showing no collusion with Trump and Russia. Four-year four year investigation showing corruption in FBI and also political politicians that cannot be denied. It can't be denied. From this point on, now, when any case is entered in the Supreme Court that involves these things, they have to take in his report into account because there is a report over four years. We have media companies that mainstream rejected are outperforming mainstream media. Conservative channels like Daily Wire and Blaze Media are outperforming. Uh, Daily Wire is the top podcast network in the world, and they have... I think 30% of all podcasts are listened to through Daily Wire, 30%. And their audience rating is 60 to 70% men, whereas CNN is 70% women. And now when I say that, that's just interesting because of how we're getting, it doesn't mean men are more powerful or women are more powerful, but it's just super interesting how God's awakening men again through conservative values. Christian news media has been watched with record numbers. CBN has 350 million people every week watching around the world. There's never been a Christian media entertainment service that's been watched on this level, and they're reporting conservative wins from God. This is crazy. We have our own TBN who I work with, and I actually work with CBN as well, but TBN has launched a news department with Centerpoint News and has had huge success. with their. They have three of the top 100 personalities in the world. They have Mike Huckabee, Eric Seckelback, and they have... Uh, Oh, with four, because they have Mike Rowe as well. I didn't put him on there, and Eric, and Eric Metaxas. And all four of the shows are performing. They're outperforming some of the series on news channels on a Christian network. So Huckabee is outperforming some of the network television, high-dollar, high-money shows because people care right now. So we're seeing a shifting out of something in media. And I believe, you know, we've, we've been prophesying, praying, believing, God sending people to the media industries. It's happening right now. You're watching it. It's never happened before. It's happening right now that Christians are having a mainstream presence. I know Sean's been on a bunch of these shows. Christians are having a mainstream presence in Christian media like never before. I know it's true for our show. We've, we're in the top 100 podcasts for the Sean Bowles Show, social and journalistic commentary show. Top 100 secular news entertainment or news media. I've, I never thought I was going to go into journalism, ever. Zero, zero percent chance. And I'm in the top 100 in the world right now. 
That's crazy. Like, like something's happened that's never happened before. The last thing I'm going to just say about this, because I can, I can go on the good report forever, but the rise of spiritual hunger in America has been reported by Barnett Studies. This is just from January of this year, that three out of every four Americans want to grow spiritually towards the gospel. Three out of every four. So you're getting fed a false narrative. The narrative is no one likes the Bible. It's decreasing. Well, the reality is all the reports, Pew Research and everyone else has said we are now at pre-COVID numbers for church attendance against in America. So we're now pre-COVID numbers again. So it's no longer a fact that we're declining in America. It's not true at all. We're at pre-COVID numbers as of two months ago. And three out of four Americans want to grow spiritually. We had some people who were working with us, with Sheree and I, and we're like, we should invite them to church on Sunday for Easter just to see what will happen. And they came and they both gave their lives to Jesus. And we're like, why aren't we doing this more? Who else is in our life that we're not inviting? Like, who else can we bring? Because everyone is so hungry and they know that they have unresolved issues and they're looking for, can God do something about it? And we know he can. I can keep going because of DeSantis and what's happening with DeSantis and, you know, no child mutilation wall or even Wall Street journalists talking about the dangers of, uh, if, you, if you talk in pronouns and use pronoun issues, how dangerous it is. This is Wall Street Journal as of two months ago. I mean, there's so many people who are fighting for the causes way better than we are. Disney stocks being down by one third. They've lost one third of their value. They're being taught a lesson right now that it's, or Miller Light and Bud Light, or Miller and Bud Light, and how they're being taught a lesson where they're up to 40% down in their revenues because people like you are boycotting and saying no more. I mean, it's incredible because they're, because they were promoting the wrong agenda. But I want to say this, you know, Noah, this is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch into the gear of revival today. So Noah, it's a very interesting scripture, Genesis 6 to 9. It says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah is a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God because it was, it, it was his heart. His heart was to walk faithful in, in, in a way that no one had ever walked before. But when you look at this word, for blameless, it wasn't really about his nature. It was about his entire being, cons- consistent with a thought that it was his bloodline, that he had never intermarried or mixed, that he was completely pure as an Israelite, that he hadn't done it. When, when you think of that, it's, that's interesting. But then you think of the fact that the sons of men, which were demons, were trying to destroy the promise of God that he, God told Eve. And he said, Eve, out of your own bloodline will come one who will trample the work of Satan or the serpent. And then all of a sudden you have Noah, who's the only one left who doesn't have pollution in his bloodline. The enemy was coming down, not just because it was, you know, giants and Nephilim and all these kinds of weird things that we all see movies about and everyone's on conspiracies about and QAnon loves. We're here because the reality is the enemy saw what God wanted to do through Eve's lineage, and he was trying to pollute it before it could happen. He was trying to short-circuit God, but then God finds Noah. God's like, well, Noah's, I can use Noah. I can use his bloodline. And there's some things on the earth right now that God's looking at. He's saying, that's a pure thing. That has my DNA in it. That's never had mixture. That's never had compromise. Or if we have compromise, they've repented and returned to me and now they're under the blood. And God's looking for those things right now. There's good news in the second part of this message because we live in a generation that's about to point out, let me just read this because it's a really good point. We live in a generation who's gonna notice the Noahs. People who are building differently, people who are looking differently, people who aren't going along with the narrative, and they're going to go, what is that? But unlike Noah, where the whole world was about to be destroyed, our whole world's about to be swept up in a flood of God. 
And they need a prototype. They need to see what God looks like. And they're going to look in your marriages. They're going to look in your families. They're going to look in your businesses. They're going to look in the way that you do church. And they're going to say, why is that other than? So there's something about a Noah anointing or there's something about a pure anointing. There's something about people looking at you and saying, wait a minute, that's what it's supposed to look like. Wait a minute, that's where we're supposed to be. Wait a minute, I can't get resolution even through a therapist for my marriage, but my friends who had the same marriage problems went to that church and they were completely delivered and changed. And can we change? Is there hope? And most of what's gonna preach in this next revival won't be from a platform, it'll be from your lives. Most of what's about to preach that's gonna cause people to want to be with Jesus is not me being on the radio or me being on you know, social media or whatever or on TV. It's you who's living your life at work and someone says, wait a minute, I saw when you were going through financial failure what happened and you'll say me plus God equals a different result than just me. And they'll believe you because they know you. And God's placed you in places that you could be known and seen so that people, when you have your breakthrough, you have your miracle, you have your encounter with God, you have the next installment of what God's grace is because it just keeps going. It just keeps going from glory to glory, from better to better. People will notice. And you're gonna have people come around you and say, there's something different about you. Can you explain it to me? And you will have no explanation other than, I'm telling you, I know this sounds religious to you, maybe, but God is this real. And let me tell you the story of that. And they'll listen because your life made them hungry. It's that Noah thing of people like looking at you going, wait a minute, there's something pure in your bloodline. There's something that God's taken notice of. There's something that there's favor on you or there's an existence you're having that I don't have, I don't share the same result of. No matter how much in line I am with cultural relevancy, I don't share the same result of you. So what's going on? We're about to see people get converted just through the, the way you walk out your faith. That's how it should be. 75% of people who get saved are invited to church by an average person like me and you. 75%. But the reason why they'll come is because they see you're different. So let's talk about the, this good news because the second part of my message is all about the massive transition that we're in. God is looking at us and saying, you know, the enemy thinks he has you in check, but I already got him in checkmate. And God's moving us into position over this global chessboard, not as pawns, because that's not how we are to God. He's not just using us, but he's inviting us into having a lifestyle that not only puts the enemy in check, but frees the board, that frees the king to move, that frees God to move around. And many of you are in one of the weirdest and most interesting transitions you've ever been in. You might be moving. You might be selling your house. You might be changing your investment. You might be changing your relational circle. You might be going to school again. You might be going to school for the first time. You might be whatever it is, you know, changing careers, starting a sub-career, starting a, a hustle, a side hustle. You might be doing something you've never got done before. Maybe you were married before and you never thought you'd get married again and all of a sudden there it is. Or maybe you're getting married for your first time. Whatever it is, there's a lot of transition. And when you look at us in the body of Christ right now, the whole body of Christ, her middle name, is very clear, it's bride transition Christ. Like right now, she's moving. And she's moving all over the place. People are moving in a way that I don't think I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've been around the church for 30 years in ministry. People are moving into new directions. And it's taking great courage because a lot of the ways that God's leading us is he's not telling us exactly where we're gonna be or end up. He's saying, will you surrender? It's almost like the Abraham Isaac thing, but maybe not as dramatic because he was taking his son up the mountain. But God's asking us to take our agenda in our life and say, will you give it to me even if you can't see what's on the other side? And there's kind of a trust thing happening right now in the body of Christ. 
where will you where you believe me? Maybe he prophesied to you already in your own life or through someone else and said, Ephesians 3.20, beyond what you can hope for imagine is coming. Well, if that's true, then you can't imagine it. You need God to lead you into it because you can't get there on your own. You can't climb a corporate ladder. You can't you know, make the right networking decisions. You can't get the right education. There's things that God wants you to do right now that he has to lead you into. And some of you have been down here at this altar and you've made the biggest surrender, you know, commitment to God you've ever made. You've said, God, I will give you everything. You can do anything you want. And it's like, yes, I needed that. Um, That's a contract that's in our blood together. And we're gonna take this all the way into my fullness for you. But for a while, you may not know what you're gonna look like. For a while, you may just be saying yes to change, yes to transition, yes to giving up things that everybody else can do, but right now you can't do. Everybody else gets to participate in or somebody else has it better, but it doesn't matter because I'm calling you somewhere that you can't get to by yourself. And that journey of calling you there, it's like the narrow way. The path is narrow, you know, not the wide way, but he's saying, come on the narrow, narrow, narrow path with me, the path that no one can even barely fit on. I've been up in the mountains in the Amazon before where you're, I don't know how the paths, the guides say, it's okay, it's safe. And you're like, I will die. Like, I will definitely die in this path. They're like, no, you're fine. If you slip once, you will die. They're like, well, you could die, but it's okay, you know. (laughs) And God's leading you in ways that you're looking at it going, wait a minute. No one's going this direction, right? Anybody relate to this at all? Anybody relate? No one else in my life is going this direction like I am. During COVID, we had about maybe 50% of our friends move out of the state just because they felt like to move. These are Christian friends who felt like they were supposed to go to Nashville and Texas and Florida who inherited the majority of all the Californians who moved. And, and they're like telling us the land of milk and honey. Oh my gosh, Nashville's so amazing. You could buy a house here with so many acres with what we had in LA. This is crazy. Like they were in two bedroom apartments and now they're on like a, you know, a, a 4,000 square foot house with two acres. They're so happy. It's so amazing. And Sheree and I are like thinking, we could move to Florida right now. We could easily move to Florida right now. And God's like, hold the line, be here. Do what I'm doing. And I'm like... What you're doing doesn't sound as exciting as what I could do for myself unless I believe in you. The biggest challenge in the revival that's coming is that we want to control our lives. We want to be in control, but the true, the true revival will come when we give up control. And we say, where you go, I'm going to go. If you lead me, I'll go there. Just as we, we have a minute left here. Genesis 50, verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You know, the enemy right now is intending to harm us, but God intends to bring good out of everything that he's put in your life and everything that maybe that has been damaged or hardship. The good thing is that God's a redeemer and a restorer. So if he can restore it, he'll restore it. But if it can't be restored, like there's certain relationships or certain businesses or certain economic statuses that can't be restored the same way, he'll redeem it as if it never needed to be restored. He'll recreate the full destiny. And some of you need to remember that as you go into the season of change and saying, I surrender all, because you're going to be an example to people around you who say they'll never have back what they had in that one day. They'll never have it as good again. Man, I saw when they were in their prime and the Lord saying, your prime hasn't even come yet. Your prime hasn't even come yet. Just stay close to me, and you're about to experience something that the whole world isn't even worthy of. It's called the man Christ Jesus and his blessing and benefits in your life. So as I end this, I just want to say this. There's about to be a financial famine, and we're already experiencing some of it. I don't think it's going to be Great Depression level. I really don't. 
and I, I want to tell you that uh, the financial family is going to be really unique because we have different banking systems that have ever existed before. So we have the way that the banks operate, it's never operated this way before. And we also have global resources that have never been married before because we have nations to nations. It's almost like the Roman Empire. We have so many different nations that are connected, but they're not necessarily one. And before it turns into one world order and we have to bow down to serve an antichrist or be with Jesus, before it turns into all the crazy biblical prophecy stuff that people are scared about today, don't be afraid. Because in this time, God is actually going to make more millionaires out of his people and Christians because he has a great harvest and a great harvest takes great resource. And you're in Orange County here. So many of you are called to go to another level of influence and finances. As a matter of fact, I saw for this church and I saw for you guys, I saw God put a 10X underneath your seats. And I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm gonna give you guys some tools that are gonna multiply the influence in such a great way personally for this church. And I saw multiple ways that people would connect to this church, not just at this location. And I felt like the Lord was saying some things that have failed and they were like the talents that were buried, maybe not in the beginning, but now they are. The Lord's gonna give you those talents which represent buildings and locations. So represent real estate and locations and it's gonna multiply, but it's not just right here. So the Lord's going to give you faith to multiply in a different way than you thought you would, but he's also going to 10X with the influence through the media. He's going to call you both and some of your people in your church. You're going to have, like, there was a lot of authors here at one point. I remember praying, and there's like 50 people who felt like they were supposed to write books. Well, you're about to have, like, hundreds of people who are linked to you that are going to start a podcast, are going to be on social media, be a YouTuber, be an influencer in that way. And the Lord is saying... Don't teach against influence in those spaces, but actually stand as those who influence those mountaintops because the Lord's going to raise you up, especially when it comes to social media influencers. Not all for the sake of like what I do, conservative commentary. could be like my wife who's a farmer. You know, she, yes, she is. My wife is an urban farmer. And so she has an influence platform through that. And God's about to do something here where he's raising up influencers. And some of you are feeling like, I'm supposed to start a, you know, TikTok or YouTube, or I'm supposed to be a voice with a podcast. And, and, you're, and maybe you're already even taking first steps. And it's because the Lord's gonna expand the influence through media. He's giving a, literally an angelic assignment to this church of media, which means there's special grace for people who are members of this church to do things online that not everybody has grace for. And some of it will be youth. Some of it will be teenagers still. They'll still be in their teen years. And I saw it, but I feel like many of you in this church, like you're gonna start to feel the assignment of heaven. Like we would have never gone this way except for that God led us. That's the best way to go because then he'll provide every aspect of it. If you could say, oh, I'm always destined this way. I knew I was gonna go this way my whole life and it's been so like planned. That's not necessarily the best way to go. It's okay way. But the way that most of you are being led is, I have no idea how I got here other than God. And Jesus is gonna bring more and more of those people. As a matter of fact, God is shutting some things down in Orange County that aren't serving him anymore, that don't have his plan, his touch, his grace on them anymore, because he doesn't want them to defile what does have his plan and his grace. And some of those things are gonna have transferred equity and they're gonna come live here. Some of those ministries, some of those people, some of those things are gonna come live here. And some people will look at you, and I've given a word similar to this before, but some people will look at you and say, how are you doing that? There's something broken about that, about that person, about that ministry. And you're gonna say, we see God. We see what God wanted from the start, and we know how to give them faith and love to get all the way there. 
I also felt like the Lord spoke to me and said he's gonna touch the businesses in this church to multiply. There's a, an anointing to multiply and an anointing to expand. And there's also an anointing to meet together as marketplace leaders, to meet together to create synergy. I felt like the Lord was saying that there's kind of like a new full gospel businessmen's and women's association type thing here in the church. That there's something of small groups and circles of people meeting together that will synergize and energize each other, not necessarily to work together, but the language of the testament on one of you will multiply to all of you. That one of you will have a breakthrough and you have the authority to pray it for all those who need the breakthrough. And there's gonna be anointing again in real estate. There's gonna be an anointing to acquire the properties that are needed. And there's gonna be an anointing in banking. Banks, that the, uh, finances that people need. Other people will get their HELOCs for 9%. You'll get them for six. Other people will get their business loans for 12%. You'll get them for seven. The Lord's gonna give an anointing on banking relationships to business community in this church to be able to do some things that are rare during a time of financial famine. And then all of a sudden the Lord's like, actually, I'm giving you banking relationships. Actually, I'm giving you real estate relationships. Actually, I'm giving you business relationships. And there's even an anointing on, on uh, some of the types of bankings that are a little scary, like crypto world and universe. And there's gonna be some people involved with that here as well, if they're not already. And I'm telling you that God is with you. He's setting you up like a chessboard for a revival that's about to come to Orange County and beyond. He's setting you up and the setup is not pretty and it's not fun and it's not comfortable. But if you'll press all the way through, and maybe today you need to hear this because you're like, I give up. I'm gonna do my things my way again. It was a lot better when it was my way. But if you'll listen to God, if you'll just keep saying yes, if you'll keep letting him lead you, you're about to bear the harvest that he called you to in the beginning. Not just the harvest of souls, the harvest of everything he's called you to. The harvest of John 10, 10. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life abundantly. What does abundant life look like to you? You just start dreaming. And when you dream what it looks like, then say, God's gonna one-up me. God's gonna one-up me, not just in eternity, but here on earth. Because he wants some people to be an example when they look at you and they go, how are you doing what you're doing? And you go, actually, my accountant told me I could do this. I felt like I was supposed to go this direction. I never thought it would work, but my accountant found a way with the IRS to where this all makes sense because there's actually a tax bracket and a tax break for this. And we get to live this life and they're gonna say, I wanna do that. And they're gonna have success because they're gonna follow God's principles that came through you, but they'll meet Jesus through it. I just wanna paint a picture as we're ending here. We're almost done. Philippians 4 verse 13, and I want this to be your like, your thing when you leave today. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I think this week would be a good time to pray. Personally, individually, just to pray and say, God, if you're setting me up to have a revival in my life, if you're setting me up so that I can be part of what you're doing in Orange County or wherever I'm from, if you're setting me up, God, for all of this, right now I don't feel like I can do a bunch of it, right? Doesn't anybody feel that way? There's some things that you're calling me to that I don't know that I could actually accomplish in my lifetime. I believe, like I have hope. But unless you network me, unless you give me the resources, unless you connect our family, I don't know that it will happen. And God wants you to walk out of this meeting today after all the great worship we had, after all the great inspiration we've had and say, I can do it through Christ. He's gonna strengthen me in the areas right now that you feel the weakest, the areas that wanna give up, the areas that don't feel like they'll come back, that you start to see God's plan of redemption over you. So I want us all to stand.
I love that Jesus was a troublemaker and he wasn't even trying. I mean, Sean Foyt's a troublemaker. He's not even trying. People are like, Sean Foyt, Sean Foyt. Like, you'll see some stuff online. And then you see Christians who are like, Sean Foyt, you know, but you see like the, this agenda that Sean Foyt doesn't work with on the earth right now. And they're like, they just look at him and they're just like, really? Like, really? Like, this guy, I wish this guy wouldn't exist. Rolling Stone would be glad if Sean Foyt died today. It's true. New York Post, a couple of those guys would be glad if he ex- ceased to exist. But you know what heaven's going to do in this next season? When we're talking about multipliers, God's about to multiply something here. You've been so faithful, Sean, in these last seasons. And I kept seeing this morning, and I have a gift for you on your birthday when we do a birthday trip. But uh, but I kept seeing, I, you know, I was with these Salvation Army leaders in England uh, back in the 90s. It was the late 90s. I was with them. It was when they were kind of experiencing revival again in Salvation Army headquarters in in the U.K., and they were seeing salvations. They were kind of, they were like, we're back at the purpose. We're having dreams and God's leading us through the dreams. And I'm not sure that's where they're at today. I don't know where they're at today, but they gave me this thing I'm gonna give to you. They gave it to me as like, cause I had sewed into him and I prayed into him and they gave me this thing. I'm gonna give it to you. Cause I felt like the Lord was saying, there's gonna be a strategy that comes around uh, you and then an, implement, uh, an implementing team to raise up like what they had, what what those armies, you know, had of Salvation Army, those, those generals had. There's a, there's a mobilizing strategy that's already in you, but there's gonna be a deployment of it very quickly. It's gonna happen very quickly, and it's gonna happen all over the nation very, very quickly before the elections. And it's gonna be a strategy to raise up people in God's army, your own language, but in God's army to feel mobilized, equipped, and with a mission. And I felt like the Lord was saying that this, uh, this spirit of accusation has actually sown you into tens of millions of homes that would have never heard of you. And so the enemy sewed you in. It's almost like what bad PR does or, or bad press does for celebrities. And sometimes they live in the drama, like the Kardashians live in that. They live in perpetual drama and they just keep the dramas going. Well, when it's done out of a false accusation and, and people hear about you, then when they hear the good, when all of a sudden there's a wave of good and they go, wait, I've heard of that guy. Wait, what, what's happening? I, I've heard that name. When they're reading past an article and they see your name, they're gonna be like, wait, that guy? Oh, I've heard of that guy. Wait a minute, what's he doing? And there's, it's creating an intrigue. There's a spirit of intrigue that God's imparting through the controversies that have happened. And there'll probably be a few more, but there's a spirit of intrigue in the nations with people who aren't Christians that, that God's causing through these controversies that's gonna allow you to mobilize an army that I feel like when you look at Salvation Army as a worldwide organization, which is, you know, is what it is, I feel like the Lord's saying there's prototypes that have already existed, but think bold and think beautiful of what God wants to do in this next one because it's going to involve media and not just worship and prayer. And I feel like the Lord's going to commission something around this birthday time, this season, he's going to commission something and you're going to get the plan and you're going to realize that all the people who can implement all the parts of the plan are around you. And you're going to even call people out of projects that they started that wasn't really the right thing for them. The people, ministers who started something that was like, oh, this isn't really working. Don't do that building project or don't do that whole thing of prayer. Or don't do that. Come do this. And they're going to say, yes, we needed that. We needed that rallying cry. And I feel like the Lord's breaking off um, the, the sting that comes with the controversy and is going to give you an excitement and a hope every time it comes. And especially you and Kate, every time it comes, that speaks of the volume that he's gonna turn you up in this next season. There's gonna be such a loud volume that these same magazines, even Rolling Stone, will turn around and do a good article at some point in your life. It's gonna take a miracle. 
Let me tell you, Miracle, even at some point in your life, they'll do a good article because the impact you'll have, not just because of the political stuff, because of the stuff that people don't see, which is actually impacting the justice, raising the, the level of justice, of God's justice and nations that you go to. And as you've been focusing on this nation, everything's gonna change. So I'm gonna give you a gift that involves that, just that they gave me from starting, a, they, they, they prophesied over me. They said, there's something about you that's gonna be part of starting a new Salvation Army that's not like what we've done, but it's gonna be spiritual justice. And I'm gonna give the gift that they gave me as a prophetic gift to you for your birthday. And you'll see it when you get it slow, but it's, it's significant because of what it was. And I just feel like, um, I just feel like the weariness of the attack is about to lift off as you get vision for, and there'll be signposts to build your faith as you get vision for, because this attack happened, this door opened. Because that attack happened, you're now an advisor in a place that would have never seen you. Because this person spoke against you, that person, that, that celebrity said, Sean Foyt, blah, blah, blah. This celebrity is opening their house and you're bringing revival in their house to all their friends. And this will happen. This is like a word of the Lord. So Jesus, thank you for Sean Foyt. Thank you for always poured out. But Lord, pour back into him and his family in this season. I pray, Lord, for new measures of just reward for all the price they paid. New measures of personal reward. Lord, you reward those who love you. And we pray, Lord, that you would reward them in the season that they would feel like they were receiving awards in heaven and on earth. In Jesus' name.